Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's hour number two, Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host out here in Las Vegas. Your other host, James Salinas, out there in Denver, Colorado. James, some news and notes from the National Football League. Maybe moves the needle a little bit right here. Uh, tight end Zach Ertz failed to report to voluntary off-season workouts. He's not expected uh, because he's going through a contract situation. How do you think this affects uh, the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, their win total right now is six and a half. I didn't like the I didn't like the Eagles offense to begin with coming into the season. I didn't like them last year. Think about last year after their bye week, after they closed the season, uh, closed their second half of the season for them, lost seven out of eight games. You know, Pritch, in those seven games, they only scored more than 17 points once in those 17 in those seven losses. So right. this is not a team that it's a team in transition. What does that look like on the offensive line? Uh, it's still a lot of question marks for me with this team. We we're talking about the offense. So Zach Ertz, yeah, when he's healthy, he's a nice player there, but you know, that I think Carson Wentz was his boy too and I think he's got some issues with the front office just like some other folks had some issues with the front office there that are no longer on the team and or on the sideline here. So as far as the impact for the Eagles, it's never good to lose a player like Ertz cuz mm-hmm. he is such a talent when he can get on the field but collectively as an offense this is a team that is going to in my mind they're going to struggle all season long yeah three-time pro bowler uh he's a tremendous weapon out there like you said when healthy uh but he's an older player on a roster that's getting younger uh and that's not comfortable uh so whatever the contract situation or situation with the front office is i don't know how it gets resolved i mean they're going to be looking to replace him i don't know if there's a trade market or not uh, for Ertz, maybe there is, maybe there's not, but it sounds like uh, he's willing to kind of explore those uh, paths right there. At, probably right. I, I don't. Does he stay? And does he? Does he? Is he there on that roster come week one? Probably not. Mm-hmm. I suspect. I was. Uh, so it's not surprising. It's not surprising. Yeah, just exactly to your point. You know, older player and veteran player, and had some great years there in Philadelphia. But does he want to be part of a rebuild right now? No, he's not looking for that. He wants to maybe maybe he'll find his way to back to Indy or over to Indy with his uh, former teammate there and former coach or at least offensive coordinator too and Frank Reich maybe find his way back there. But yeah, as far as his impact for the Eagles go, probably won't be on the team come opening day week one. And even if he was, still this is an offense collectively starting at the line of scrimmage with that offensive line with a lot of holes. This is this it's a work in progress. To we'll just leave it at that. Moment. Yeah. Put it mildly there. It's a work in progress, and they've got a lot of progress to make up. A big-name player with a contract or front office situation. It sounds like we've seen that before so far this year. I mean, it's the, the common theme out there right now in the National Football League. How about the Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton says that Carson Wentz's arm strength has jumped out at offseason workouts. Helmets and shorts right now, and T.Y. Hilton is impressed. That's all relative, right, Prince? Considering who has he been catching, who's he been catching footballs right. from the last few years since Andrew Luck hit the road and and retired? I mean, Jacoby Brissett and and Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, he he looks like a second baseman throwing the ball to first. The little sidearm to the little sidearm toss. That's about as far as Philip Rivers could throw the football. So yeah, I think they're from that comment. They're all relative, and you know, T.Y. Hilton's a leader on that team, and he's mm-hmm. going to keep things positive and be optimistic with his new teammate coming in. But as far as Carson Wentz coming over to the coming over to the Colts, I mean, 
this is night and day for him. He gets to re reconnect and reunite with his former mentor there. Let's just call it that with his, uh, his offensive guru with Frank Wright at the helm there for Indianapolis. And this is night and day when it comes to the offensive line. Colts have a terrific offensive line. I know the left tackle is fair. I'm not sure when Fisher's going to right. see the field for the Colts, but aside from the lack left tackle position, I mean, it's a, it's, it's tremendous offensive line where Wentz doesn't have to try to do everything on his own. They should be able to, they should be able to run the football there. I think Taylor made some strides towards the second half of the season, started to recognize and read blocks as opposed to just being, being a baller that he was in college and targets to throw the football to and a defense that is competitive and not going to make you feel like you have to go out there and score and put up 30 points a game like he was in Philadelphia where talk about the Philadelphia Eagles again not just the offense was an issue defense too they couldn't stop outside of the defensive line they couldn't stop anybody so uh, I think you you see a rejuvenated Carson Wentz we'll see mm -hmm. how healthy he is he's had a lot of injuries but I think it's a as far as the as far as the landing spot for Carson Wentz I couldn't think of a better spot for him to go to than the Indianapolis Colts right so the confidence from T.Y. Hilton is that move the win total uh, needle for you uh, they're sitting at 10 right now with their win total not because of his comments. Okay. It, what, I, I would have if, if maybe if his comments were like this man, this dude's a scrub. He's got nothing left. I don't want him on the team. You know right. that, that might move the needle the wrong way. But I mean, he's going to say what he's supposed to say as a leader and one now one of the veterans on that team, especially on the offensive side. He's going to say those things. So mm -hmm. yeah, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's saying what he's supposed to say. I understand that it makes sense there. But yeah, I mean, considering who he's been catching footballs with, absolutely. Moved the needle for me to look to bet on them because of his comments? No, but just the whole impact, I think, of the fit with what's yeah. going to the Colts. I like where the Colts are sitting, especially in what I think is the weakest division in the NFL. Sure. No, it's a good fit. It makes sense. Everybody's comfortable. Uh, his arm strength is going to jump out because of Phillip Rivers, to your point. I mean, anybody's arm strength is going to uh, jump out, uh, T.Y. Uh, but, no, it's a comfortable situation, certainly, for Carson Wentz. We'll see if they can make it work uh, within that division. Uh, great point by you on that one. How about the, uh, the Major League Baseball? Uh, interesting games. Uh, shorter schedule. Certainly, it's a Monday. We got shorter schedule, but uh, interesting games coming off the weekend and Nationals at the Cubs. Uh, let's start right there, James. Uh, you got Lester going up against his former team uh, and the Cubs. They've been hitting the ball very well lately. How do you see this game? I was looking at Lester. I was I wanted to jump on board with the Nats and take the Nats. They're sitting right now looking at that number. It's plus a dollar twenty-five. Yeah, leaning that way, but you know, thinking about the uh, the pitching matchup with Lester coming back, six years there with the Cubs, part of that part of the World Series championship team a few years back, and you know, I think there's going to be some uh, definitely going to be some emotions for him. There's some other players from the Cubs on that Nationals team too, uh, on that Cubs team too that that were there during that time, and I think here, but for Lester coming back, knows how to pitch in Wrigley Field and he's going to be amped up. He's going to be he's going to be fired up to go back there and 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 compete against his former team and his former teammates and has actually been pitching relatively well since, you know, he had the covid issue to start the season, didn't get out on the field, uh, missed a number of starts but was able to get here in May and uh, he's pitched fairly he's pitched really well considering these three starts. He's only given up four runs in 16 innings, so his arm is starting to get stretched out too. First start against against the Marlins 
Marlins only went five, went five innings but only threw 70 pitches. Next time out, 85 pitches. Last time out against the Phillies, went six innings, threw 97 pitches. So I think we're going to see a solid performance out of Lester. He's a veteran. He's a crafty pitcher. He's not a, far, he's not a thrower. He's a pitcher. And I like the spot for him here. I wanted to take the Nats here, but I think with, with the lineup, especially with the Nats, they've been banged up with their lineup. I didn't trust it, but I'm going to bet the under here. The wind, not really a factor in Wrigley in Chicago today, Pritch. It's re- it's blowing in. It's going to be a little chilly there in the 50s, but wind blowing in, not out. Mild wind, so really not impactful here. I'm going to bet the under. I'm not going to do the first five. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to pull the full full game because I like the Nats bullpen too, although I have been burned by them a couple times <laughs> closing out games. So, uh, But we'll, die, we'll I, I, I'll scratch that from the record right there. I'm going to roll with that and play the full game under eight as the play is sitting even money at a dollar ten. You know, people want to make stuff, uh, uh, well, something uh, probably not of nothing uh, when it comes to the Cubs and the fact that they swept the Dodgers at home, that maybe they got some mojo going. James, do you buy into that? It's a it's a long season, mm-hmm. and most teams and they scuffled early. A lot of teams think about a lot of teams that scuffled early in the season to get started. And I think with the Cubs, there's always pressure on the Cubs to compete. And the uh, a lot of guys that probably this might be their last season there in Chicago right. uh, to to close out what the a great run that was to win the World Series a few years back. But you know, it, it's I, I try not to get too. I'll I'll find times where I want to jump on teams that are on a hot streak and then and ride it until they they lose a game here. I don't. Momentum is really as good as as today's starting pitcher, right? And that's really how I approach baseball. So, you know, have a handful of games, sweep the Dodgers. A lot of teams are banging on the Dodgers right now because the Dodgers are really banged up. So I think in thinking about, yeah, how well they played against them at Wrigley a few weeks back, yeah, good for them. They played well, but... Dodgers right now are not the Dodgers we expect to talk about scuffling bridge. That's mm-hmm. the team right now that fits the bill as far as a team that is not meeting expectation. 104 wins? Was that what it was? I yeah. think so. That's well, not, let's get to that. Yeah, that's not that's not happening. So, yeah, let's Yeah, cuz they got the they got the Diamondbacks uh, at home. A uh, good matchup, uh, Mad Bum versus Bueller. Um minus 210 for the Dodgers, 7. Uh the run total there. I'm playing the under here. Okay. I'm looking <laughs> under okay. seven. Yeah. Mad Bum's Mad Bum's been terrific in Los Angeles as a for you know, as a as a member of the San Francisco Giants. How many times did we see him? Just mm-hmm. he's just such a competitor. He's such a bulldog. And I think he's another guy. Think about COVID last year in that shortened season. Did not pitch well and did not pitch well to start the season either. But since those three starts where he really struggled trying to get his arm strength back and get act, you know, just just build himself back up. We know this guy is is an absolute competitor on the mound. And think about his since those la- the first three starts really struggled. Think about his last five starts. His ERA is under one. It's sitting at point ninety right now. He's fired thirty four strikeouts to just two base on balls 30 innings pitched in those five starts so mad bum is back and dialed in right now and he loves going and facing the dodgers and the dodgers are really a banged up offense and that lineup is banged up you know Corey seager just got hit mm-hmm. with a pitch the other day against the marlins he's going to be out for a while bellinger is still out with the leg injury so this is not the full this is there there's a lot of things going on with this dodger team number one the infirmary unit because it's banged up not only with through the lineup but the pitching pitching staff as well so but looking at bueller 
the other side. That's why I'm playing the under here at seven. Bueller's gone at least six innings in all seven of his starts, which is great because if you're trying to back the Dodgers or playing under, you got to limit your the bullpen appearances as much as possible because the bullpen has just been an absolute gas can. So here with these two pitchers, the way that Mad Bum is back, I faded Mad Bum early in the season, and then I got bit in one of those games. It was the game at Washington, I think it was, that I lost. And I've, I've stepped off and I've stepped away seeing what he's done now these last five starts and the way Bueller has pitched all season long. I'm going to back both of these pitches. Uh, D-backs is a team lineup that's been banged up most of the season. Dodgers lineup banged up too. Put these two pitchers on the hill. Pitchers parked there in, in Los Angeles. I like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it and bet the under seven. It's at $1.20 here. I'll lay the juice though and, and stay under the total. Itself. Yeah, it's at $1.20 out here as well in Vegas. Uh, seven uh, pregame total uh, in that matchup. Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. How about this next game? Rockies at the Padres. So normally for me, James, it's an automatic fade for the Rockies when they leave Coors Field in their first game, wherever they play. Uh, I was going to fade them, uh, but maybe a little bit too expensive here. Padres minus 200, six and a half is the total in this one. I wanted to get, I was trying to get here and get involved. It's down to three now, the the, the first five. And the, okay. looking at the pitching matchup here, Gray's been their best pitcher, consistent pitcher, John Gray, for the Rockies. And then Darvish has been terrific. He's been as good as advertised what they got, what they wanted. They're getting out of you, Darvish. Eating innings, being having great control, strikeout pitcher. He's been terrific. So I think here in this spot, both of these lineups are really banged up, too. Blackman may not play. He got tagged a little bit yesterday. And then the Padres have some inj- not, not only injuries, issues but then COVID on that infield Tatis is out still Hosmer Profire Myers gonna profile I'm gonna make sure and check these lineups here but they're still gonna be out I think potentially for a few more days not mm-hmm. really sure but things to keep an eye on here I wanted to get to the under here in the first five but this is sitting at three it was three and a half I didn't like it at three and a half I, I understand why that number is where it's sitting but now playing three you just have no margin for error here and even though both but especially with the, the the Padres lineup being banged up and the Rockies not being able to hit on the road night and day for those guys being able to hit the baseball with the way they do in Coors Field and then two and 14 on the road it's just a bad team all the way around on the road and then that bullpen Another meltdown yesterday. Really tough series for that team against the Reds where the bullpen let him down in multiple games. Unfortunate situation for the Rocks there. Now they get to go on the road and uh, not having any success. I couldn't get here, Pritch. I wanted to play this under sitting at six and a half, but seeing how that bullpen plays out for the Rockies, I'm done with that. Maybe, if anything, this might be an in-game play to go the other way once those starters leave the field and then start firing on the over, depending on where the situation is. But I think at this point here, I've scratched it off my card. Yeah, I was about to ask you that. I mean, sitting at six and a half, uh, and with the Rockies and their bullpen situation, I mean, I know with the injuries with the Padres, but still plenty of pop in that lineup. And uh, maybe, you know, the late inning heroics, uh, I'm kind of looking at that when it comes to the Padres and the Rockies. The, the late innings, for sure, <laughs> against the Rockies. The Rockies yeah. are not a team that you want to bet on, whether it's at home or on the road, once you get into that bullpen. The bullpen, it's... It, it's a mess. <laughs> it is. It's a total mess. And then, fortunately, they've been getting some pretty good, decent, some pretty decent starts. Coming into the season, knew the bullpen was going to be shaky at best, but it was the starters. That was the big question mark. Obviously, Arenado with the lineup being gone, shifting those things around. Uh, but we've seen the young guys stepping in for, for an 
in a number of areas, really stepping up and, and hitting the baseball, some pretty good approaches at the plate, not trying to drive the ball out of the park, but going with the pitch. I like what I've seen with a few of the young guys stepping up for the Rockies in that lineup. But, yeah, the, the starters have actually been pretty good. Even on the road, it's just this bullpen. You can't trust it. It's there, There's some of these bullpen. We've been talking about this for the first month and a half of the season. Pritch, getting a good assessment on bullpens. We know what the assessment on the bullpen is for the Rockies. They are an absolute fire against, bet against them anytime they they remove that starting pitcher because they can't hold any lead down whatsoever. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit too early for Bud Black to come out and say that he believes in his bullpen and thinks it's the best. He's got the best closer in Major League Baseball. I mean, you say that at the beginning of the year. Uh, talk about trying to talk up your uh, bullpen situation right there. Uh, clear indicator from Bud Black, the manager with the Colorado Rockies. Coming up next, we return uh, to the NHL competitive divisions. We have odds on who will make it out of each division. Uh, we break those down. Coming up next. Looking to hire? Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. We are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today. James, uh, competitive divisions in the NHL, also the unique regular season, familiarity all over the place. Um, who will make it out of each division? We have odds right now. Let's see if you like any of these current odds uh, with these teams. The Maple Leafs in the north, they're minus 130. Oilers plus 300. Canadians plus 400. Uh, easy path right now for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, sitting there. This is the only one of all these divisions yeah. where getting out of the division is actually out of they're they're a favorite to get out of the division everybody else has got plus <laughs> money in all these divisions so mm -hmm. I, I, yeah i think for the for the leafs here getting the think about if you what you got think what you got to do is not only getting through the first round but what would the price be who would they face and what would that price be in that second round right of uh, the final round within that division right and so thinking about the leaves would they be let's say it's the oilers right this this the second odds on favorite here at plus 300 to get out of there it, leaves are going to be a bigger favorite than a dollar 30 I'm, I'm not great at making numbers pritch i'm better at firing on them than mm -hmm. i am at making them so i i think here with the leaves though they're going to be a bigger favorite would they be somewhere closer to to two dollars probably somewhere in between a dollar 75 to two dollars potentially so i think from a value standpoint if you like the Leafs to get out of there and get a shorter number if that was the series that materialized Leafs against the Oilers that's probably your better bet and then obviously if they face the Canadians in that series right anybody else whether it's the, the, the moving down the series then you're going to even have more value in that number so I think that's really where you look at the price point here and that's a better price point to get through it uh, it's just a matter of do you believe that they're going to beat the Oilers I know some folks have some pretty hefty tickets on the Oilers to make a deep run to to the Stanley Cup here too, but I, I think I, I think that's the way to go here, just from a value standpoint. The values with Toronto. Okay, how about a more competitive situation? Clearly, in the West, the Avs, the Knights, the Wild, the Blues. Uh, the Avs right now plus one fifteen. The Knights uh, plus one sixty. Uh, the Wild sitting there at plus five fifty. James. 
good value on the on the mm-hmm. wild plus mm-hmm. 550 i think we saw them yesterday uh, that's that, i think that game yesterday and think about the the opportunities that that the right now vegas is just obviously it's they're really struggling to to get the to get the puck through the net right and and this is but you saw how physical and how competitive that series is going to be that's if that series and it smells like that's going to be a seven game series and just an absolute grind of a series i suspect we're probably going to see a few over, more overtimes games in that series as well uh because it is going to be so tight what a grind of a series whoever comes out of that victorious whether it's vgk or the wild now you got to go play an avalanche team where you know where i went i went both with the sweep and the abs to win in five games against the blues mm-hmm. it'd be sitting pretty kind of waiting for the for either the knights or the wild to roll into colorado i think that's where it sits here with the abs because just thinking about the knights of the wild whoever makes it out of that series what are they going to have left how beat up are they going to be how physically drained are they going to be getting out of that series because I think that is going to be a terrific series and it's going to be extended to seven games. Yeah, they had flower in net. They had everything that they want, really, to be honest with you, but yet can't get the puck in the net. They can't score. Uh, even had some good looks at it, some great chances, but they can't solve that mystery against the Wild right now. And that's the and played out yesterday. Right, yeah. couldn't get another one, but they're they're going to find the back of the net at some point here. And I think as far as Fleury's playing, he's going to. He, how long do you need him to continue to shut out the opponent here? It's going to be a tight series. I do. I like the Avalanche plus a dollar fifteen because you figure by the time they get to that second round, Avs make it through. Whichever of those teams come in, Avalanche are definitely going to be the favorite, especially with the home ice. Okay, let's get to another division. Uh, you got the Lightning, the Hurricanes, the Panthers, and the Predators uh, bunched up. In- in there really Panthers uh, sitting at plus 550 in this division uh, after we saw that game the Lightning certainly and then the Hurricanes uh, they go up against Preds uh, a little bit later on they're plus 135 your thoughts James terrific game last night yeah. what a fun game just to watch I did I didn't I was actually I'm glad I didn't bet it I wanted to bet on Florida just feeling like for the Lightning were they going to be able to flip that switch you talked about it earlier with NBA and playoffs and you go from regular season to to the playoffs and flip that switch kind of the same thing with the Lightning kind of coasted towards the, with the last week of the season uh, and but getting healthy too with Stamkos and Kucherov coming back last night uh, it had an impact on the game for sure I mean I don't want to get in front of the defending champs right now and say maybe Maybe try to get back with the Panthers or even with the Hurricanes, even though the Hurricanes are, that's going to be a terrific series. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get in front of Tampa right now. The only way I could go is Tampa, but that's not big of a price for me to, to take a shot. That's going to be a great division. Series. Yeah, it is. A couple stars back for the Lightning. It still took a turnover, though, to win that one against the Panthers, plus 550 within that division. Come up next, our VP of digital content, Ben Fox. He joins the program. That's next. The NHL and NBA playoffs are here, and our experts are covering every angle to find the betting edges. VSIN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the action in the NHL, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops insights. Our experts and the entire VSIN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game on vsin.com and 
our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to cash in on the playoffs. Sign up for a 10-day free trial at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas, your host today. Happy to have in studio with us our VP of Digital Content, Ben Fox. Ben, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Pritch, outside of the state of Minnesota sports, which is mm. uh, a debacle, would be generous, I think. <laughs> you with got the wild. The, the wild won game one. The Twins, terrible. Well, yeah. you, know, but you got the wild. <laughs> we got the wild. We got one game. We got one game so far. So far, so far. Well, let's get to some bad beats uh, in the NBA because I know the NBA season was just tricky. Um, but yet one bad beat stands out in particular. Yeah, I think win totals are always interesting, right? Mm -hmm. NFL, NBA, any other sport. And I think the thing to remember is when you have a season win total, right, it's the entire season. And that means a whole lot can happen, right? We talk about a full game bet Mm -hmm. versus a halftime bet. Uh, first half, second half, et cetera. Well, in the course of the season, especially in the NBA, a team can decide, you know, we don't really want to try anymore. (laughs) And that's essentially what happened with the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is kind of one of the worst beats. It was all over Twitter as well over the weekend. Uh, Their win total was 22.5 for the season, obviously a 72-game season Mm -hmm. instead of 82. Uh, Normally, they were 20 and 27 on March 31st. So the quick math is they need to win three games uh, over the course of their last uh, 25 there. They end up going 1-23, and 23, uh, including losing on, I think it was Friday night, to clinch the under. So, again, they only need a couple of wins. They don't get it, end up clinching uh, the under there. I know, I know people who are on both sides of mm-hmm. that ticket, but just one where, again, and any gambler will tell you, you don't want to you know, count the chickens before they hatch, right? You, you're looking good on that bet, but you never want to start playing with that money and reinvesting it sure. before you know that uh, you actually won. But just kind of one of the worst bad beats, JVT wrote an article that we have up on vison.com on kind of the 10 worst beats. Uh, this is certainly among them for season win totals and just kind of one that hopefully won't be uh, reoccurring too much for betters. Mm-hmm. Ben, let's move past the bad teams and these tanking teams like we saw with Oklahoma City Thunder. And let's move on. We're moving in now to the plans. And for whatever whatever you think about the plans, I thought it, w- it created some drama yesterday to close out the regular season. Everybody played yesterday and some interesting outcomes uh, as a result of it. But now we're down here and I'm seeing some line moves in particular for the big matchup coming up on Wednesday in the West, the 7-8 seed with the Lakers hosting Golden State. I think a lot of money and that move is coming in on Golden State because that number is moving pretty drastically in favor of the Warriors. Yeah, this is kind of the big game, right? And I think Adam Silver and NBA fans in general are kind of saying, all right, let's let's hope that these two guys match up in the play-in game. It'll kind of be a showcase for this new potential playoff matchup. And certainly that's what we got. And books really opened this Lakers minus seven, minus six and a half. This is now down all the way to Lakers minus four and a half. I think at Circa, I even saw a four out there. Uh, DraftKings, about 60% of the bets, 60% of the money on the Warriors. And again, the Lakers, I believe, have won five in a row. They now have LeBron back. They have AD back. But, 
you know, everyone also saw Steph Curry score. I think he had 46 uh, last night. You know, the Warriors just look like that team where in one game anything can happen Mm -hmm. and uh, he gets hot. But certainly the early money, uh, respected money on the Warriors. And we'll see again. That game's on Wednesday. We're only on Monday here. So we've already had two, two and a half points of line movement. It'll be interesting to see where that goes in the next couple of days. As more and more money comes in, that will be the most bet game of the play-in tournament for sure. Oh, absolutely. You got the Lakers. You got uh, one of the hottest teams right now and in the NBA. So I can see why there's going to be a lot of action on that. What I don't understand right now is the turbulence in the National Football League with uh, players not showing up for off-season conditioning or not showing up for OTAs and some players getting hurt. But yet we have lines out for every NFL game at certain sports books. Yeah, well, I'll leave the uh, on-field stuff to the former player <laughs> sure. over here with you. I, I can imagine not necessarily wanting to show up for uh, OTAs after a long, uh, long season or a couple of seasons. But, uh, yeah, Superbook Sports, uh, Westgate Las Vegas Superbook out here. They're mm-hmm. also in Colorado. Released uh, game, basically lines and totals for every single game. Uh, which again, this has me excited. You know, I'm an NFL, I'm an NFL <laughs> right. guy. You know, it was a scary couple of weeks there without knowing uh, the schedule and everything after the draft, and just really interesting. I think uh, there's a lot of great matchups. Certainly, uh, the Chiefs are the one team they're favored in 16 out of 17 games. The one game is uh, Week Two at Baltimore. Okay. That's a that's a pick 'em. If you remember, that was a very interesting. I think it was Week Three this past season. The Monday Night Football game mm-hmm. they played uh, at Baltimore, and the Chiefs were up 27 to 10 at halftime. They ended up coasting and winning. It was only 27 to 10 because I think the Ravens had a uh, kick return touchdown. It was probably the most impressive half, first half of football that any mm-hmm. team played all season. I mean, they they crushed the Ravens. I think it's interesting that game's at a pick'em, but every other game the Chiefs are favored in. Uh, as well, and the Lions and the Texans, the only two teams, underdogs in every single game. If you're wondering potentially who they might be favored over, the Texans, a one-point dog in Week 12 to the Jets. Okay. So, again, we'll see if that changes. And the Lions, uh, Week 6 against the Bengals, they are a one-point home dog as well. So we, we could see some movement there, but a ton of interesting games, a ton of interesting matchups. Uh, I think Sam Darnold as well, week one, they're four-and-a-half-point uh, favorites against the Jets. Mm-hmm. So he opens up against there. Week three, Aaron Rodgers goes back to San Francisco. If he's on the Packers, right, we're not exactly sure. 49ers, a five-point favorite. Uh, and the big one, certainly Tom Brady in week four. Bucks three-and-a-half-point favorite in New England. Obviously a great matchup there. So you can kind of see, you can slice and dice it a lot of ways and see how many, you know, games uh, teams are favored in, mm-hmm. how many they're kind of expected to win. But Excited to see many, many other books will follow as well, but now we got lines in every game. Ben, you said the Texans were going to be an underdog in every game, right? Yep. So if that's the if that's the case, that means the Jaguars are actually a favorite. Not only at home when they play them, Jaguars are favored on the road. Where does that think about that, fellas? We talked about <laughs> who's going to be the worst team in the league, and it's not surprising. I'm not surprised the Texans are listed as an underdog for every game throughout the entire season uh, just with all the turmoil all the all the dysfunction that's going on with that team but even the Jaguars getting love being a favorite on the road over somebody I guess it had to beat the Texans told you there was turbulence in the National Football League (laughs) (laughs) I told you Uh, and it's not ending uh, anytime soon Ben that was awesome thanks again thank you awesome Uh, Ben Fox our VP of digital content Uh, when we come back we're gonna get back to some more divisional breakdowns and the NHL is as well as some, maybe some leans and picks from James Salinas. Uh, great games on the schedule. That's coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
on hockey and basketball playoffs with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just download the app and sign up using bonus code VSIN600 to get in the ring with the king of sports books. It's bonus code VSIN600 for a risk-free first bet up to $600 as a new customer offer and paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Located in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text that red line 800-889-9789 in Indiana. It's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the show. Betting Across America. We are presented by BetMGM. Mike Pritchard, James Salinas with you today. Uh, finishing our divisional situation with these odds, James, in the NHL. In the East, you got the Caps at plus 180. The Penguins, plus 250. The Bruins, plus 275. The Islanders, plus 325. Who makes it out? <laughs> Do you have a coin? Can we flip it? I know, right? I, I think, I, I think. Well, part of it. Let's just let's look at the caps for one and the injury situation. What's going on yeah. with Vanacek in the goalie? Right in between the in between the pipes as the goalie here. What's his status? It was did he pulled? I mean that. I mean growing. Or something. I'm a long ways. A long time from, well, I never could do the splits. I was never flexible. I was young, but never flexible here. I, I think that's a big question mark going forward for the Capitals. What's going to happen? What, you know, what's going to happen at the goalie situation here? And then look at the, was not very impressed with what we saw yesterday out of the Penguins goaltending either for the Pens and, and the Islanders and how, you know, you think about the Islanders here, they have an issue as at goaltending as well. What's going on with Varlam? Varlamov? Where is is he going? I'm looking at. I'm trying to look up here, and Varlamov. It's it says he's questionable again. They held him out for game one to see if he's going to always lower body injuries. Mm-hmm. This is the, always the issue here with hockey, right? It's we're we're used to the and we read through the propaganda that is the injury report in the NFL, but at least they t- have more specifics on what that is here. It's upper body injury, lower body injury. So I don't know the the goalie situations for those teams, but I think for the Islanders, capable backup as well with Sorkin. So maybe here with the Islanders plus 325, you know what Barry Trotz been there and done that before and a team that is going to be physical and can just uh, just pack the ice in uh, inside their own blue line here. Maybe that's the way to go here because really this feels like it's a coin flip. I, if I flip the coin right now to try to figure out who was going to win this, it'd probably stand on the side. Okay. <laughs> in other words, you're not betting this division, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, I mean, maybe the Islanders, maybe Prince okay. the Islanders at plus three and a quarter here, mm-hmm. just because it's a plus price. But I just, I this, it's going to be. I think all the, the, all four those those two series, and then the subsequent series thereafter are just going to be absolute grind out series. So trying to figure out who's going to come out on top through two series, I'm not even sure who's going to come out on top through these first two round for these first two series, let alone that next round of the winners that that survive really what I think is going to be this this Eastern Division. Yeah, I hear you. Great breakdown, though, James. Um, let's go 
go back to the NBA because we have these situations. What will they do in the playoffs? And we can bet on them as be the playoffs. We got to play in games, certainly. And then uh, we'll get to the playoffs for sure. But the 76ers, uh, the one seed, to win a championship, they're plus 750, James. Uh, to lose in the finals, plus 550. Lose in conference finals, plus 180. They lose in conference semis, plus 250 also the first round, which probably is not going to happen, uh, plus 325 for the 76ers. Thinking of the Sixers here, I, with with Doc Rivers, what a great, totally transformed the culture of that right. team. We saw all the issues that they had over the last couple years for the Sixers, not getting along together on the court in the locker room and also not getting along with the coach back then either. And Doc coming in and the the really just the experience that he's had not only as a as a coach but also as a player and knows knew he obviously found the right buttons to push here with this team and especially on the defensive end where we've seen them really for the most part I won't say consistently but for the most part give really good effort team defense on that side and that's going to play out in the playoffs that's going to be uh, that's going to be important we're going to see if where these teams that struggle defensively all season long what's going to happen in a seven game series when the second half comes and the the sets get longer the the time gets shorter because you're going to be grinding out these these plays you're going to be valuing the basketball here a team like philadelphia built to be able to compete deep into the playoffs here uh, because of that defense and then the threat of Embiid and the difficult matchup both on the interior in the paint and outside too can pull your five away if you've got a slug on your side as a five you can stretch them and pull them away from the basket as well so tough matchup here Mm -hmm. try to figure out where they land in the east though maybe it's the you know i think if they trying to get all the way to the finals uh, trying to get through the nets now the nets finally starting to see we'll see i I think with the the big three coming back for the nets starting to get some time on the court haven't had much time out there but they're going to have a first round matchup to play through that i think rolling into their second round they're going to be able to to work through some of those issues of getting the big three for the nets on the court that's where i think the that stops for the sixers i don't know pritch do you do you like Uh, where do you see the sixers rolling out because this one's tough for me it is tough um i don't think they're going to win a title Uh, i don't um I'm, i'm curious about ben simmons whether he he can uh, be that facilitator uh, and be dominant, or certainly uh, throughout the playoffs. We'll see, though. Um, ah, conference finals plus 180, there's no value there for that. Um, what's interesting, though, to me about the Nets, when you look down the board here, uh, to win a championship, they're plus 225. Uh, to lose in the finals, plus 350, which I think could happen right there if they do make the finals, James. Uh, because Harden, his injuries, the drama with Kyrie, uh, and then um, Durant. I mean, he's he's an elbow or a knee away from being not available for the Nets, too. I mean, they're so frail out there sometimes. They can be, and, and we've seen injuries for all three of those. But, well, definitely for Durant and for Harden, can those reoccur? I think our, Durant looks fully healthy. He look, He's looked good these last few weeks since coming coming back from his hammy injury. And, right. You know, that's, that's somebody who's been there and done that. And I think – Playoff basketball, when we get down, it really just comes down to guys making shots, not only making shots, but being able to create shots, Mm -hmm. sometimes for your teammate, but really, so much of the time, it turns into iso ball. You throw the sets out late in the fourth quarter, and it comes down to we're just going to give the ball to our our best player, not always our best shooter, but our best scorer, step up and go make it happen. And somebody like Durant, who can pull you away from the basket and shoot it from deep, he's got the mid-range game, he can take it to the cup, and he can play 
play with his back to the basket. That's what's so special. I think, and he's has the experience playing in the finals and winning a championship here. Obviously, not with this ball club, but it's just hard for me to get past the Nets ultimately, right. and anybody getting past the Nets in the East, just because of not only with with Kyrie and Harden and difficult matchups there, but. Uh, KD's that guy that can make that shot from anywhere on the floor in crunch time, in clutch time, and he can rise up six foot ten, long arms the way that he shoots it. Mm-hmm. He can get his shot up over anybody. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's why. He, I mean, he's a unicorn out there, really. I mean, um, but we know that the playoffs in the NBA gets more physical. So does that open the door for teams like the Knicks? Uh, does that open the door for the Bucks and their change of style uh, as they have more than just one person? No more ISO with Giannis. Uh, for the Bucks to win the championship, they're plus 900 to lose in the finals, plus 650. Conference finals, plus 275. But here's what's intriguing to me uh, when it comes to the Knicks teams. Um, losing the conference finals is plus 800. Now, I don't know if people have the Knicks going to the conference finals, but a more physical playoffs, does that open up the door for this physical Knicks team? If they're going to let them be physical, Pritch, where right. we were talking about the officiating in in the NHL playoffs, what is that going to look like in the NBA? That's even much more impactful than what it is in the NHL. NBA playoff officials, and there's a few of them that I just totally avoid because they think they are the show out there on the court. And we saw a few instances last year in the playoff bubble. Todd Foster, Foster in particular, for one, the, the, he's just one that I stay away from. But I think here, Pritch, I need to see that. And really, Really, I think that's what's going to be most important is how are these games going to be officiated? Yeah, it does get more physical, and the Knicks are want to play that style of physical basketball, but are they going to be allowed to? Are, mm-hmm. they, are the whistles going to be swallowed? Are they going to swallow them when they're in Madison Square Garden, or are they going to, or are they going to start because they're playing the Hawks here? That's going to be a tough matchup. I know the Knicks had good success against them during the regular season here, but the Hawks can space you out on the floor, and I think that's where you have multiple players that can score for you, and they are finally getting healthy. The Hawks were pretty banged up for quite a while. DeAndre Hunter, to me, is really an X factor for the Hawks, uh, for the Hawks' success through the, throughout the playoffs, and let alone in this series here for the Knicks, because I think the Knicks, yeah, Julius Randle, terrific season, mm-hmm. uh, breakout season, really, for him. He's found his home there with Thibodeau and the New York Knicks, but playing against the Hawks team, if they're not allowing them to be physical out there, especially out on the perimeter, because uh, that's where the Hawks can really spread you on the floor and and beat you off the dribble and open up a lot of shots from the from the outside here if you if they don't let them be physical with Trey right. Young and they're going to blow the whistle tight I think that's going to be a struggle for the Knicks over the course of a full seven game series right I agree with you I mean it's as if uh, Miami uh, was trying to gear up for the playoffs from a mental standpoint physical standpoint too. Miami to win a championship they're 31 here's your long shot to lose in the finals 25 to 1 to lose in conference uh, 14 to 1 uh, conference semis plus 230 Got to get through the Bucs. And now the Bucs, yeah. how much of last year's performance is going to be on their head? They made some adjustments here. I think Holiday coming in, especially being a, a, an on-ball defender, that it, the way that he has the capacity to do that does Holiday matching up now. We saw Dragic, and Gordon Dragic really, man, what a, what a great playoff performance he had until he got banged up late. But now you're going to have Holiday. Are you going to match up Holiday on him and, and take him away? You're going to take Dragic away from the perimeter and now force Bucket, Jimmy Buckets to have to be the guy to score consistently for seven games? Because last year in the playoff bubble, Jimmy Butler was able to take some games off and defer. Tyler Hero stepped up and Duncan Robinson as well. Is that going to be the case here with the Bucks? That's going to be an interesting series to see. And can the Bucks get over that hurdle of what happened to them, get over that 
that psychological yeah. hurdle of getting worked the way that they did. By the they did get worked. They did. We'll see if they get over it. But uh, looking forward to these games, though. Great job, James. We'll see you later on in the week. Thanks, man. Take care. I'll see you on Thursday, partner. Sounds good. That'll do it for us. My guys in the desert coming up next.